0: Talk to your local agent
1: today. Welcome to Recode Media, I'm Peter Kafka. That is me. Today we are talking about the robots. The robots that may or may not replace me one day. As all of you know, the tech world is consumed with interest in artificial intelligence, specifically generative AI. It's the stuff that powers software like ChatGPT, which all of you have used at this point. And in many parts of the media world, there's also a lot of interest in AI and what this stuff will or won't do to the media business and to the stuff the media business makes, i.e. content. I hate saying content. Maybe I can get a robot to get me to stop saying content. I'm reasonably sure we're going to cover this quite a bit in the near future, so let's start today by talking to BuzzFeed CEO Jonah Peretti. He has just rolled out an AI integration in his company, and I wanted to talk to him about what that tech is going to do today, but also what it's going to do and not do in the future. So let's hear from Peretti directly. Jenna Peretti, you're the CEO of BuzzFeed. Welcome back to Recode Media. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. But as you know, there's been a bunch of headlines about robots and AI coming to publications in recent months. Uh, some publications like CNET have been sort of embarrassed about using robots. You, on the other hand, said, "Yeah, we're gonna use OpenAI to make content. That content is out there today as we're recording this. You're calling this an infinity quiz? I think I know what that means, but explain to our audience what an infinity quiz is and how you use AI to make it.
0: Yeah, so the the BuzzFeed quiz is one of the iconic internet formats, and this is the biggest update in a decade to BuzzFeed quizzes. And they're called infinity quizzes because they produce an infinite number of possible results. Um, And the quizzes are written by our writers, our very creative, talented writers. And then inputs come from the audience. And we have, fortunately, a very engaged creative audience. And then the AI stitches it together into a totally personalized, unique quiz result for each um, person who takes the quiz.
1: I want to talk about the mechanics of that in a second, but I want to back up and and get the big picture. I know you've always been interested in, in merging tech and media together. It's something you've been interested in for a long time, back at HuffPost before that as well. When did you think, oh, AI is something I want to bring in to BuzzFeed?
0: Uh, I mean, I've been studying AI for for many years. In grad school, I was taking courses on AI. It felt like the problem with AI was always that it was kind of a glitchy joke um, when you would try to make content with it. Um, it was interesting intellectually, but it was it was it wasn't really making improved content. It was making kind of weird, inferior content, if you will. And I think the technology has gotten to the point now where in collaboration with humans, it can make things that are really delightful and fun and and can enhance content and do things that you just couldn't do before, before the AI technology got to this point.
1: And I want to talk more about what it can do for you. So, But when did, when did this iteration show up? Was this when the latest version of ChatGPT showed up late last year? Was this something you were already working on prior to that?
0: Uh, we've been working on it for about a year. We were using we were using other OpenAI tools before ChatGPT came. And just came for out. background,
1: uh, OpenAI is the company that brings us ChatGPT. They're the ones who just did this big integration with with Bing. When people are talking about the excitement over AI, they're often just talking about OpenAI, that specific company, who you are working with.
0: Yeah, and and ChatGPT was a, a big jump forward because it made it a lot more fun and playful to interact with the AI. And I think that. That also helped a broader public start to understand how this stuff was cool and how it could be used in, in new ways.
1: And so what, what is the thing that, beyond the novelty, because I, I know that you like just trying out new things and experimenting, but what beyond the fact that you can do this, that you can make a product using it, and I've tried it, I composed a, uh, a breakup letter with one of your PR people yesterday <laughs> using, using uh, AI, using your I AI. I saw that quiz. one, pretty brutal. <laughs> it was pretty brutal, accurate, brutal. Um, Hi, Carol. Beyond the novelty of it, what what is it doing for BuzzFeed and, and BuzzFeed's readers and advertisers?
0: I mean, big picture, I think AI is the new big platform, the same way social was a platform that we built on for a decade plus. AI is going to be the next decade plus. And if you want to talk about you know buzzwords in tech, I, I feel like if you're going to call something Web3, it should be AI um, because it really does create a more personalized, form of the internet where human language is finally understandable by machines. And so it makes it possible to to um, build new products that combine the best of human creativity and and AI.
1: When you talk about platforms and buzzwords, my, my radar was already up. But I'm wondering, boy, this just sounds a lot like a gimmick to to either generate attention for a company or, or boost a stock price. Um, And again, I know that you're a bit of a prankster and I I know you like playing around with stuff, but what is it going to do for, you tell me, me as a reader, for your employees, as creators, for your advertisers, what can it allow them to do they can't do right now?
0: Well, the quiz example is the first one. And I I love showing what it can do with actual product, not just ideas. And so Mm -hmm. go take some of those quizzes and and you can create a, a breakup text or you can cast yourself in a rom-com or you can launch a cult if, if you're a BuzzFeed Plus subscriber. And and it, it shows that if you bring a lot of creativity to it, you can make things that are pretty incredible that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Um, I think the frustration for me of the big tech trends of being crypto and metaverse is that those felt very um, far away from making something that most people would really enjoy using and play, playing, with. And mm-hmm. with, with AI, especially this new wave of generative AI, it just, it just feels like a different thing. It's not a buzzword or a trend the way those earlier, um,
1: well, you can see the thing, right? And you don't have to know anything about tech to sort of understand, oh, you made a thing. Or if you know a tiny bit about tech, like enough to boot up your computer, you can sort of imagine how that was made as opposed to the metaverse, which you have to completely imagine, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I like love my Oculus and, you know, do some like boxing and things in it and it's 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 cool and um i you know crypto is intellectually interesting like blockchain is super intellectually fascinating and the technology behind it is very interesting but every single day you are consuming content that is not personalized for you you're consuming content that is you know where part of it is relevant and another part of it isn't and 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 the idea that ai can start to understand this and put things together that allow you to get more value out of the content you're consuming is you know is 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 big and then the fact that you can co-create content and collaborate by and make content is is something that is also becoming democratized by AI so there's just a lot that is already happening that is just the beginning of i think what's going to be much bigger trend in 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 media and a bunch of other fields over the next you know 10 years
1: as a publisher what's more interesting to you the fact that you can make more of these more quickly is that you can make them more cheaply what's is, is, it seems like and i'm imagining your investors saw this and said oh they're they're going to they're going to figure out how to reduce content cost is that is that part of the appeal here
0: i mean for me the big appeal is is that it's a new medium and you can build on this new medium where you can make things you know like a quiz where you have an infinite number of results when we used to have quizzes that would have maybe 12 results and you'd answer these questions and it would it was still satisfying people still loved our quizzes now now you can you can actually have something that's perfectly personalized for you i think also co-creating is another thing that especially young people really care about and being able to make content with and play with our writers and with our video producers to make new things is another piece that's very exciting. And then also just the mechanics of writing is very hard and, and having, having an ability to get the best ideas out there, I think is important with assistance with AI tools that make it easier to write, faster to write, um, help. You know, We all know some great journalists who are not, you know, struggle with the writing piece of it and having AI assistance to help them write faster and, and write more stories and publish more is, is another thing that's exciting.
1: So you, you, your Carol, your PR person said, does it made, made clear when I first reached out about this to tell me this is, this is not, you know, this is not the newsroom. This is not, you know, this is for quizzes. But do you imagine that this tech gets brought out to all parts of the BuzzFeed content machine? Will the people, will the conventional journalists in your newsrooms be using it?
0: I mean, I think in the format of a podcast where you're having a conversation, there's a possibility for more nuance. I think that the issue right now with AI is that there's a lot of fear around it because you know if if it delivers on its promise of creating true intelligence that can be used on demand for lots of different applications, that's threatening to knowledge workers in all different fields. and mm-hmm. it's it's not I don't mean to minimize that threat. And I think people worry about it. If I say, oh, we're going to extend this into other parts of our business, people imagine what that means and project onto us what that means. Like I literally had a conversation with a reporter who is talking about quizzes and then the article is about journalism which we mm-hmm. <laughs> which which had nothing to do with what I was what we launched had nothing to do with the product and the way that was imagined that we would use it in journalism is nothing we would ever do in journalism
1: so where are the guidelines for you so where you know what can you do with it for the, the entertainment part of your business that won't apply to journalism where could you
0: use it in journalism so in the entertainment part the creativity the humor, the ideas are coming from the frame of the story. Like, what is what is it about? It's coming from the intricately written prompt that is structuring, you know, for example, the quiz result. And it's coming from what the audience puts into it. So if the audience, if, if someone writes really dumb things in and doesn't put much time in it, they're going to get a kind of crappy result back. If someone puts in really considered funny things about themselves, they're going to get a really great response back. And so for me, it's how do you maximize the collaboration between creative people who work for us, audiences that are engaging with the content and want a more personalized, more playful, more co-created uh, type, types of content, and then AI that is used to stitch things together, to personalize, to make things that you couldn't have made otherwise. And to me, that's an exciting future. It's an exciting future for for, for journalists. It's an exciting future for entertainment, uh, uh, people and and I, I think the idea that you know the 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 kinds of journalism or the kinds of um, entertainment that people love is going to be you know replaced by AI is 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 definitely um, overblown. Um, but there's so little focus on how AI and creative people working together can can make things that weren't possible before.
1: We'll be right back with Jonah Peretti. But first, a word from a sponsor.
0: Support for this show comes from Slack. grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
1: We're toggling back and forth between hype and fear. What's your sense of, of what the BuzzFeed staff thinks of this? And that you've got multiple newsrooms, multiple publications. What kind of feedback are you getting from them?
0: The more engaged people get with the technology and the more they see what we're doing, the more excited they are. So there's a lot of people who've been, you know, bitten by the bug and see this as, you know, as I said before, a a, a, the next big platform that is going to develop over, over many years. And if you remember, you know, when Facebook launched video and that was a new platform, we created Tasty and it was designed from the ground up to be the perfect kind of platform for mobile social video with those super fast videos and the top down shots and the easy shareability and and this is another interesting challenge like that so we have a new platform that can understand human language can put together you know original text and articles and increasingly a lot of with video and 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 images as well but needs a human creativity to provide the frame and the format and the ideas and you know to make something great but it allows you to make things that are are personalized in a way that just wasn't possible before. And so that's an exciting new challenge for our our team when they when they look at it and they and they dig into it and you see the same kind of process of first doing a simple prompt and getting a result that's not great and sometimes feeling a little like well, this is overhyped and then seeing someone out a colleague do something much more sophisticated and and then being like whoa this that was actually pretty cool. And then each idea leading to the next idea. And so we're seeing this cascade of, oh, if you can do that with quizzes, like what could you do with, say, newsletters? Or what could you do with, you know, other parts of our business? And what other formats and ideas could you bring to life using this new platform?
1: When you told your employees about this, you said this is going to be part of our core business. So right now it's quizzes. How fast will this sort of spread throughout BuzzFeed? Where do you think it's a day-to-day part of content making throughout the company?
0: Well, I think it's spreading pretty quickly from quizzes, from from working on this over the holidays to having, you know, quizzes live a month and a half into the year. And we're going to learn a huge amount from the first few quizzes we do. And that will help us make more of them and different quiz formats. I'm, I, a lot of people who are, you know, maybe just know us for our news or th- something like that, don't realize that We've iterated on the quiz format for many years. And you know, we have checklist quizzes and identity quizzes and you know factual type quizzes, and we have quiz party where you can simultaneously take quizzes with friends. Like we have all these different features. And so we tend to take this iterative approach. And AI will be core to that iterative approach with quizzes. And we already have it built into our platform. We've already have the tech platform built out. And so we can now start to add a lot on top of that in the quiz space um, and then look at other other um, areas where we could expand as well
1: but i mean so it's in quizzes today if i talk to you a year from now is is ai going to be integrated into the majority of the stuff you guys make
0: I think it'll be more like new things that we don't make currently, but that could be added or or, en- or enhanced versions in some cases of what we're exist- what we're doing right now. But th- I think ways of summarizing our stories to catch people up on things, new kinds of chat interfaces, or or ways of interacting with our with our content and our information. There's a lot of a lot of stuff that I don't want to give too much away, but there's a lot of stuff that we have been mapping out and developing and we prototype things internally and we try them out. And if they are better than something we're doing currently or would be a great addition, we will roll it out and add it. And if it seems like it's a gimmick or it's something that isn't actually providing additional value for our audience then we will keep trying something else.
1: What are the limitations of, of the tech? Uh, when you said in, in today's press release, putting it out, uh, you said you know where you did a lot of guard railing and testing. Um, what, what are the things that it can't do today or that you have to be concerned about when you put the stuff out into the, into the open?
0: What I think people haven't totally caught on to is that these large language models are much more powerful at creating imaginative narrative types of content than they are at creating factual information. When people hear AI or they hear robots, they start thinking almost like it's going to be precise and it's going to be numbers and it's going to not have emotion in it. And these language models are kind of the opposite. They're not great with numbers, but they're very good with stories. They're very good with narrative, they're good at helping brainstorm and trying different ideas. They're good at creating alternate versions of something that you're playing with. If it's not quite right, can you give me five other examples of it, or could you, you know, help me, help me um, unblock my mind and see something from a new perspective? So it's a great moment for people who are creative, who like to connect different things together, who like storytelling, who like a more human type of technology where you can finally talk to computers. And it used to be talking to computers meant you had to be a computer programmer who had lots of precision to what you were doing and had a very much of an engineer's mind. And now I think the the some of the humanities types who like to free associate and connect things and, and be more creative and playful are going to have a way of interacting with computers that opens up new possibilities for them. And that's going to be, I think, the big surprise over the next few years is that is that the way people think about technology is going to start to change in a fundamental way.
1: Even before this stuff came out last fall, there was a brewing debate over bias in AI and and what's being used to train this stuff. And then once the stuff came out, um, journalists immediately started trying and, and users started immediately trying to figure out how to get the AI to embrace Hitler or tell you how to make a bomb. Do you guys need to put in special constraints as a publisher to make sure your users aren't making something awful? And, and by the way, I assume publisher, your advertisers are, are asking the same thing because I think w- at least one of them is sponsored one of these.
0: Yeah, we have a Scotts Miracle Grow quiz that is um, the first sponsored uh, quiz where you can find your 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 soulmate, but it's, your soulmate's a house plant. It's definitely something that is a is a hot topic. Like, how do you moderate these things? I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of humans who have. You know bias when you talk to them. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. No. Um, but it's it's we're it, we're not, not going to end up in a bias-free world, and there will probably be versions of a large language model that tap into different ideologies, different perspectives. We, you know, we found that that these models are pretty good at, at talking. If you, you know, if you say talk from the perspective of someone who has studied the Stoics and is a believer in Stoic philosophy, you can then have a conversation that is from that perspective um, or create content that is from that perspective. I think all
1: that content will just tell you to take an ice bath, right? Isn't that the whole stoic <laughs> philosophy?
0: Yeah. Even just a cold shower is enough. Yeah, sure. Try it out. It's, it's recommended. But
1: but I, do you have to tell your publishers, by the way, we've, we, have some, so, we have something in there that's going to prevent this quiz from telling people to do something awful to a certain race or gender or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of those kinds of guardrails. There's also a lot of of trolls and hobbyists who want to find where the limits are and test all those boundaries and potentially create content that is offensive.
1: That was kind of your thing. You got Nike to make a a, a, a slave labor uh, shoe.
0: There, there's, uh, there's back in the day, there, back there's in the old trolling for good and trolling yes. for evil, and people disagree on which 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 kinds of trolling are are positive. Everyone likes. Everyone likes trolling when it, you know, fits their their worldview, but I, I I think there's a lot of opportunities for brand safety in in ways that are in some ways more nuanced. It's less precise, it's but it, but it's more nuanced because these models actually understand language. So if a brand can tell you in English the kinds of things they're uncomfortable with and the kinds of things they're comfortable with, you can actually you know, share that directly with the language model and say, this brand is okay with politics and supports, you know, civil political discussion. This other brand doesn't want anything about politics ever, um, because they don't think their brand aligns well with that. Um, So I think you're going to have a less precision where you're not going to get 100%, but more nuance where you're going to be able to train these systems to have different perspectives, different points of view. And some of them will be, fairly locked down and won't ever say anything controversial. And some of them will be, you know, like the, the rogue jailbreak Dan will, who will say, you know, crazy, crazy, cra- you know, crazy things and, and talk Dan about, stands
1: for do anything now. Is that the
0: do anything now was that was a, yeah, it was a, 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 sort of jail jailbroken chat GPT that told mm-hmm. it to not follow the content moderation yeah. rules. And to, do all these do all these things differently?
1: Uh, I'll let you go in a minute. I just wanted to ask you about the business part of this. Uh, you put the press release out; stock shot up at one point. It was four X. It's, it's come back down, but it's still above where it was prior to you announcing you doing this. Did you expect to see investors reward you for announcing plans to use AI?
0: No, I mean we we don't control the stock. People buying and selling control the price of the stock. And and did I, you think
1: it was going to be news they would react positively to?
0: We were we were we had no intention of trying to you know, change our stock price based on talking about the stuff that we were doing. It it was uh it was a surprise to me. You know, we we weren't even sure that we were going to talk th- that early about what we were doing. Um, but I think it, you know, it was one of those things where the timing just happened where where we ended up, you know, sharing, sharing more than we we originally planned. And so yeah, so it, it was it was it was definitely um you know interesting that um that investors could see BuzzFeed plus AI made a lot of sense to, to investors. And then I think it fits with our legacy of exploring new platforms and building the, the most popular content on top of these new platforms. And so I think a lot of investors understood that when they would heard that we were going to do stuff with AI, like, yeah, of course, like, of course, BuzzFeed would embrace these new technologies and build cool things on top of it. That's what they've done throughout their history.
1: And, and I know you don't control the stock price, um, but one last question. You guys are, are valued below your revenue. You'd be below your annual revenue. I think the company's worth like $300 million, less than what you guys brought in last year. Sadly, my employer, Vox Media, I think is in the same boat. How?
0: how- so you're, you're confirming that you have more than $500 million in revenue?
1: I mean, it's been reported. I don't. I don't oh, see okay. the PNL. So, but I, that is my belief. Um, I knew we've
0: come on here before. You used to always ask me, "What's your revenue?" And Yeah. He me on that. Now we're public, so you don't have to. You can. You can just go. So, look my at
1: question the, is, the when? File. When do you think? Uh, when and and when do you think? And what will it take to get digital media peer plays like the one you run and the one I work for to get out of this valuation doghouse?
0: I think there were digital media companies that rode the wave of search and some of those you know became big companies and there were a lot of, from the era that we started our company where where social became a big part of of the of the distribution and there's been a feeling that there hasn't been a big trend that has been a tailwind for for digital media i think ai could be that trend it's something that is perfectly aligned with companies that are doing things with language and images and video and and the ability to to build on top of the AI platform is something that I think will create a lot of value over over the next, you know, decade. Uh, I also think the markets are in a tough spot right now. And and in general, lots of companies have weird valuations that sort of don't necessarily make sense. And when you look around the market and say, how is that company worth, you know, eight times as much, you know, a year ago than it is now, and and, and it, 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 there isn't always totally clear expectations or explanations for these things, except that markets you know move a lot in the short term and in the long term, if you build a lot of value, you you will be rewarded for that.
1: I'm crossing my fingers and, and knocking on wood that you're right. Thanks, Jonah Peretti. Thank you. Thanks again to Jonah Peretti. Thanks again to Jelani and Travis for editing and producing this show with a quick turnaround. Thanks to our sponsors for letting us hear this completely human-based conversation for free. And thanks to you guys, my human listeners, for writing to me, for telling other people about the show. I love making it for you. This is Recode Media. We will see you next week.